Well, good morning. Let's uh, turn in our passage this morning to Matthew 7, 1 through 6. Matthew 7, 1 through 6. It's on the topic, it says, do not judge. Um, So, so far we're in the uh, parable, the uh, Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is talking a lot about prayer, a lot about his kingdom, and now we're reaching a section um, where it seems like the first 12 verses of this chapter, chapter 7, talk about um, the way that we should uh, interact with other people. Um, so I want to kind of, I'm doing both messages, so I would say that the first six verses are don't judge, so it's how you should not act towards others. Um, and then the second set of verses, verses six through, uh, 7 through 12, is what you should do to others, is you should show love to them, you should um, give to them and be good to them. So in our passage today, uh, verses 1 through 6 of chapter 7, uh, we've had this background where the Pharisees have uh, built up this um, religious law where they... (coughs) consider themselves very righteous and um, they're the best, you know, they judge other people where, you know, they're not as good as they are. Um, They consider themselves to be the most holy and righteous people ever, um, but in fact they were just as bad as, you know, if not worse than the people that they were judging. So this is uh, sort of the context of, you know, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, but he could also be talking to to us today, for sure. Um, so verse 1, um, let's see. It says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Um, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn and tear you in pieces. So Jesus says in verse 1, do not judge. So what is he saying? Do not judge what? Is he saying don't be condemning or don't be judgmental or um, don't look at other people's faults? What is he saying? Well, there's several definitions of judge. So it could be you could be a judicial judge where you're, you know, sitting like on the Supreme Court judging uh, people for the law and criminal cases. You could be judging someone, um, you know, by definition. You're looking at somebody making a stereotype and you're judging their life. You could um, be saying, I'm better than you are, I'm judging you. And there's, you know, as if, as if you had some authority to do that, um, even though you don't. So a lot of people take this passage and they take it out of context and say, well, um, only God can judge me. Um, and, you know, in a sense that's true. Um, but it's a very scary place to be. Um, You don't really want God to judge you. 
Um, they don't realize how scary of a place that would be when God judges you for everything that you've done. Um, so I want to take a moment just to look at uh, some different aspects of how God judges, and then we'll take a look at how uh, we can judge uh, in the right way and the wrong way that we judge. So God clearly raised up judges in uh, the Old Testament. It says in Judges 2, 18, um, And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of the enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved by pity for their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. God gave men the position of a judge. And we still have that uh, in effect today. We have you know, the, the court, we have judges, um, we're you have a dispute and you go before a judge and they decide your case. Um, but this isn't necessarily all of our position. This is just people who have been appointed that. We are not, as individuals, people who decide legal matters. Um, we haven't been appointed that. But God has raised up certain people to do that. Uh, Jesus uh, was one who judged others. Even in this passage, um, Jesus talks about those who are hypocrites. Jesus talks about those who are dogs and those who are swine. And later in this chapter, he talks about those who are false prophets, um, who are wolves, ravenous wolves, who will tear the sheep, um, talking about the you know, false prophets, talking about uh, the Pharisees and the scribes. So clearly, uh, God raised up judges. Jesus was a person who is judging others himself, um, it's clearly okay for God to judge. Uh, one who is judging others in righteous judgment. He is a righteous judge, and no one had to ever teach him these things. It's just part of who he is. Isaiah 40, verses, uh, verse 14 says, With whom did he take counsel? And who instructed him and taught him in the path of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? And similarly, Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice. Righteous and upright is he. You can see that God is righteous and he really demands uh, righteousness of his people. He was going to judge the entire cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because um, they were utterly wicked. Um, and Abraham interceded um, for those cities and saying, God, aren't there at least a few righteous people in these cities? Um, it would be against your character, God, to destroy these cities. You're a righteous judge. Um, Abraham says in uh, Genesis 18.25, Far be it from you to do such a thing uh, as this, <clears throat> to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you, you shall not, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is right. We can see that God judges people for their sin, and at the same time he's merciful to spare um, the righteous and the just and the merciful um, from uh, judgment that they don't deserve. So that's kind of uh, the background on God's character on judgment. And he judges people now, 
and he also judges people in the future. Um, God judges the world now. He sees that the world has had countless opportunities to trust him and believe in him, um, and yet the world refuses every day. Um, in Romans, it's, it talks about how he has held out his arm like, a, like an outstretched arm, you know, waiting for the world to repent. Um, he's got open arms waiting, you know, lovingly, but the world still refuses. John 3.19 says, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And furthermore, it talks in Romans about how um, we live in a very corrupt world, how um, God gave the world over to its sin, you know, that we were unrepentant in areas of our, of our lives and as a culture. And it says three times that God gave us over, uh, the world over to uncleanness, to the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, that the world has exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creator rather, uh, the creature rather than the creator for, uh, who is blessed forever. Amen. And then it says that God uh, judged the world by giving them up to evil, to vile passions. How even women would exchange um, vile passions you know, with other women. They were doing things that are you know, contrary to nature. Even men were doing the same thing. And then furthermore, it talks about how God gave over the world again, judging them to a debased mind. You know, when people um, choose a certain way and they're unrepentant, uh, God judges them and says, okay, this is the path you've chosen. You know, I'll let you live your life. I'm still here if you want you know, forgiveness, but you know, this is your choice. So God judges the world currently. And God's waiting for the world to repent. Um, he doesn't want to judge them. He doesn't have to. But currently in the world we live in, most people don't want to repent. And then finally, uh, we're looking at God's future judgment. Um, we can see this in Revelation uh, 20, 11 through 15. It talks about how God will judge the world in future righteousness um, at the great white throne judgment, how people's lives are put up on a, in front of God in a book, and the good things that they did and the bad things are there, and um, he looks at them and says, well, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is, did you have faith in me? You know, did you believe on my son, Jesus Christ, for salvation? And if you did, your name is written in this book of life. And if it's not, it's not written in the book of life. And God makes a judgment and casts people into hell. Anybody who does have their name written in the book of life will have eternal life, and anybody who doesn't will not. That's the judgment that God makes with us in the future. But how about us? This is all about God's character. This is God's you know, very being. This is who he is. But Jesus is talking to us. He says, do not judge to us. 
Um, but clearly we have to make some judgments in some cases. Are we supposed to judge ever at all? Um, let me just run through some quick examples of when it's not okay to judge. <clears throat> it's never okay to judge if you're making judicial judgments if you're not a judge. Um, Jesus says in uh, Matthew 5, 38 through 39, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Um, you're not a judge, you know, unless you actually are a judge. Um, appointed by the, the, the government. You know, we're not supposed to, if somebody, you know, steals money from you, you're not supposed to go and steal money from them. You're supposed to take it up with the authorities, take it up with the police and, you know, the judge, and they will decide, you know, who gets this prison sentence and how much and this and that. But for, for you to go and make the judgment of, I'm going to go get revenge and um, pay back what they took from me, that's not your place. That's God's place, and that's the place of judges that God's appointed. Another area where it's not okay to judge is with untrue judgment. It's never okay to lie, um, especially in a court of law. If you tell a lie and you're you know, on um, the witness stand and you stretch the truth a little bit and it causes a judge to have a a different perception of the case because of what you said and how you lied, that's not, um, that's not right. That's evil. So that's making an untrue judgment. Another area is, say you're in an interview and you stretch the truth a little bit about what you actually have experience about. Um, you say, well, um, I do have experience in this area and this area and I'm very skilled in this and that, even though you know you have barely any experience in that area. You're causing the employer to, have a, to make a false judgment based on the lie you told them, and that's not right. Proverbs 19.5 says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Uh, another area of untrue judgment is speaking evil of people. If you gossip about your neighbor or you... Um, you just say mean things about them, you know, that aren't true, just, you know, to have a conversation, just to, to gossip around the neighborhood. That's not right. You know, you're judging somebody's character, and then that person's going to have a different perception of that um, person you talked about. There's a clear example, like at, at work, you know, I meet a lot of people that are new to me all the time, and I um, ask, okay, well, how is this doctor on the phone? Is this a nice person? You know, are they mean? And then they'll tell me a story about, oh, they're the worst, they're angry, and this and that. And then I get on the phone and they're the nicest person ever. And, but that person caused me to have a different uh, perception of that doctor because of the words they said, even though it might not be true. Titus 3.2 says to speak evil of no one. Um, so let's... Let's not make any untrue judgments. Um, another area that we should not judge is making hasty judgments. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Judge Judy recently. Um, it's pretty funny to watch her. Um, she's very, very blunt. 
Um, there was a, an instance, well, I mean, a lot of the cases you watch, you know, it looks, if you just listen to one side of the story, it's very easy to be persuaded and to think, oh, that person's definitely right. And then you listen to the other side and you're like, well, that person's definitely wrong, you know. Um, clearly they didn't tell the whole story and that's why they have a judge. Um, there was a case where the lady was complaining, this guy stole my car, it's ridiculous, you know, I was making payments on it. Um, he just came out of nowhere and repossessed it. Um, and then the other guy's like, well, she never paid anything past one month, um, and it's been a year, and I gave her enough time, and now I repossessed it. It's mine now. She never made payments. Um, so in a case like that, you bring it before a judge, and you would pray that the judge wouldn't make any hasty judgments just listening to one side of the story. It doesn't have to be in a courtroom, you know, it could be just, you know, with, with friends, you know, you don't want to make any snap judgments and um, you want to listen to the entire story, you want to take a while to think about the whole case. In Proverbs 18.13 it says, He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and shame to him. So make sure you hear all the facts about an issue before you make any judgments. Um, hear both sides. You don't want to be prejudiced and judge somebody falsely um, before you get all the facts in a case. And another, uh, the final area I was able to think of that we're not able uh, or shouldn't be judging people is superficially judging people. Uh, in John 7:24, it says, do not judge according to appearance, uh, but judge with righteous judgment. Uh, it's really interesting how these passages become very uh, relevant to me in my personal life uh, almost immediately as soon as I decide to write a sermon on them. Um, you know, I've been, I don't work there anymore, but I used to work at the Ice Creamery as a server, and I would make a lot of superficial judgments against people um, all the time. Um, like, there's certain times you can just tell when a customer walks in and you're like, I've seen you before, you haven't tipped me before, um, you're rude to me, uh, I know I'm not gonna get a tip, no matter how hard I try, what's the point? And so I'll just make like, all these superficial judgments in my mind and kind of gossip to my other coworkers like, you know, this is the fifth time they've been here this month, they haven't tipped me, this is ridiculous. Um, you know, they're so stingy, this and that, they're rude. I don't want to serve them. Um, and you kind of build up, you know, like, uh, you get kind of callous to it after a while, judging people all the time, because that's, it's, it's just easy to do. Um, and I feel like I was pretty accurate most of the time, unfortunately. Um, when I, like an 80% chance if I said, this person's not gonna tip, I was usually right. Um, but one time, uh, I had a, a table of 15 to 20 people, and they were kind of rude. You know, they were asking for too many things that you know they needed. You know, everybody wanted uh, extra straws and extra napkins and extra ranch and this and that. And you know, I was going back and forth to the kitchen a hundred times, um, and it was really frustrating. And you know, their kids were not behaving, and it, it was super loud, and they were being obnoxious, and 
I was just telling my coworkers like this is not going to end well. They're not going to tip. You know, their bill was like, you know, I think it was like $150. And I was like, I'd be lucky if I got you know five to ten dollars you know tip out of it. Um, and uh, it it blew me away when they left me fifty dollars uh, as a tip. And I thought, huh, you know, you can never really judge somebody according to their appearance because you never know what they'll do. Um, even though, you know, I've had experience with these kind of uh, people before, I'd seen them before and they hadn't tipped before, uh, you know, this time was different. So, and, that, and it kind of carries into my nursing profession too, I'll get into it a little bit later, but we should never judge somebody superficially according to their appearances. Um, it's not. It's not right. It's not a very loving thing to do. You know, who am I to judge somebody? Uh, in verse two, it says, "For with whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you." Um, the comparison verse in uh, Luke six thirty-seven to thirty-eight says, "Judge not, and you will be not." Uh, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Given, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So why shouldn't you judge in an unrighteous manner? Well, if you do judge in an unrighteous manner, then Jesus is saying that you will be judged. He's laying down a principle of, you know, you, you reap what you sow. You, if you judge somebody, then you're elevating yourself to a, a level that's saying, well, I'm better than them. You know, they're way down here. I'm super righteous person over here. Um, and you don't really want to be in a position where you're saying, I have no sin. You know, you could judge me for this area because you can be certain that you do have sin in that area because there's nobody that's sinless. Um, don't be, you know, arrogant. Um, let's see. You know, you're, you're not perfect, so don't, you, you shouldn't judge other people like this. Um, and often the people who um, are judging are the people who are actually worse hypocrites in that same area who can't see it because they're so blinded. Um, there's an interesting passage in Romans 2, uh, verse 1 through 5. It says, um, right after that passage of God giving people over to their sin because they're so wicked, um, and then it turns over the people. Um, it says, therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For, whenever, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that judgment, uh, the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think this, O man, you who judge um, those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God... Uh, leads you to repentance. But accordance, in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you're treasuring it for yourself wrath 
in the day of uh, wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Those are some hard words. Um, you know, Paul is bringing out in Romans that you know there's this big list of sins, and you know Israel is um, puffed up in their their own self righteousness. You know, saying we have the law. You know, we're good people. We've you know we're the sons of Abraham. You know, we're we're in we're this. We're going to heaven. You know, we're good. And Paul is pointing the finger at them, saying, "You guys are judging these the rest of the world for judging." Uh, for, for being these uh, sinners, but you're actually doing the same things, if not worse. Um, and the same things that applies to us, you know it. Um, we shouldn't judge other people if we're, if somebody else is, you know, uh, a gossip at work, you know, you sh- if, if you're also gossiping about that person or you're gossiping at home or um, at church, you know, you're just as bad as that other person. Who are you to judge? Um, you know, don't despise God's richness and um, long-suffering and love and goodness. Um, you know, don't treasure up for yourself wrath um, from God. Uh, you know, God's really reminding us that He is God and that we are not. Um, God's a righteous judge who will judge uh, everyone for their choices in life. Um, by you making judgments because other people, you're elevating yourself ab- above those people and saying that you're better than them um, as if you were God. So don't act like that. Don't make those kind of unrighteous judgments against others. The, the key point of this verse is really just don't be judgmental. Don't tear people down. Don't make superficial judgments. Don't Judge unrighteously. Don't base your judgments on superficial things. You know, if you didn't want it to be done to you, don't do it to your neighbor. Don't uh, treat people like that. You know, the conclusion later in verse 12 says, you know, talking about loving your neighbor as yourself, whatever you want them to do to you, do to them. If you don't want people to judge you for um, superficial things or untrue judgments or making quick judgments, on your character, then don't do it to other people. Um, and then rolling into verses three and four, it says, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. There's a, a good passage in, in, uh, in Luke, 7, 3, uh, 36 through 39 about the, uh, the woman who went over to the, the Pharisee's house and was uh, washing Jesus' feet uh, at dinner time. Uh, you know, this Pharisee invites Jesus over for dinner. You know, he prepares a nice meal, enjoying the company. Um, and it says, Behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner... Um, came into the house and began washing Jesus' feet. And, you know, it talks about how she's washing his, uh, his feet with her hair and, you know, she's kissing his feet and um, she's anointing it with oil and, you know, she's just showing love to him. Um, and then in 
you know, sheer contrast, it's uh, the Pharisee is saying, you know, this man, if he were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman that is. She's a sinner. Um, and uh, I won't go into the rest of it, but, you know, Jesus says, you know, I came into your house. You know, yes, you provided me with a nice meal and company, but you didn't really show me love like this girl. You know, she's a sinner, but so are you. You know, who are you to judge this guy, um, your neighbor? Um, you know, you're actually probably, he didn't really say it to her, but to, Jesus didn't really say it to the Pharisee, but he's basically saying, you're just as bad, um, but you're the one pointing the finger that she's a sinner. Why is she here? Um, you know, the Pharisee couldn't see the plank in his own eye. He's just looking at the, the twig in somebody else's eye and saying, look at how bad she is. But, you know, I'm okay over here. Don't, don't, uh, don't point the finger at me. Um, and, you know, I've, I've noticed that it can be very easy for me to judge people at work as a nurse um, in this same area. You know, there's, it's so easy to make judgments about people's lives. Um, even when I might be doing the same thing, um, there's people who think that the common cold is worth a trip to the ER. Um, you know, it's very easy to judge, to judge that kind of person. There's people who don't care for themselves and don't care for their health and really don't want to get better. It's easy to judge, to judge people like that. There's people who come in every other week uh, for the same exact issue, even though we taught them and gave them medicine and said, this is how you get better, and they don't listen, and it's easy to judge people like that. There's people who um, are drug seekers, always looking for the next high to cure their tummy ache. Um, there are patients who have been abandoned by their families and forgotten about, and you know we're looking left and right to pick up the pieces for um, what appears like family, you know, has abandoned this patient, but you know, it's very easy to judge that person and that family, even though we don't know the whole story. Um, these are very, you know, just a few examples of what I see on a daily basis at work, and it's very easy to look at, you know, these people's lives or the family's lives or. Um, whoever was taking care of this person, if they did it, you know, in uh, a very poor manner, um, like, look at that person, you know, they're such a, a bad person, or they're such a sinner, you know, that person over there. Um, but I don't really know their lives, you know, I don't know the whole story. Um, a lot of times, if you get the whole story, you'd be surprised, at, oh, wow, that actually makes more sense. Um, it's not actually what it looks like. Um, but you know what I mean, like who am I to, to judge these other people? Um, when I was taking care of a patient, and I remember very specifically, I was uh, working on this sermon, and I just was like complaining to my other coworkers, like, this person's being ridiculous, you know, they're, um, they're asking me for this and that, and you know, there's such a bother to me, and um, I was judging that person, and then I realized that I'm uh, just as bad, you know, in that area. Um, 
I feel like when I was at the, the hospital for my neck surgery, I think I was that annoying patient, you know, that was bothering people, that was um, being an annoying patient to the nurses. And then I had an annoying patient, and I was judging that person, look how annoying that they are. But I thought, oh, yeah, that's me. Um, so it's, you know, it's very easy to look at their big problem in their life, but not see that I just did the same thing. Um, so how do we fix this? How do you see the plank in your eye um, before you take out the speck from somebody else's eye? Um, well, it's very easy to find the answer because Jesus gives us the answer in this section of verses. Um, he says in verse 5, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So step one is don't be a hypocrite. Um, Jesus talks about the hypocrites. Um, in chapter 6, he talks about those who are hypocrites who do charitable deeds to be seen by others. He talks about those who pray in public to be seen by others who are hypocrites. He talks about those who fast um, and make themselves look all um, you know, sad and uh, malnourished on purpose just to get praise from men that they're fasting. Look how religious you look, you know. Um, but Jesus is saying, don't be a hypocrite. You know, don't judge somebody for doing the same thing when you're actually um, worse off. Don't despise God's uh, goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. He's saying, repent for being a hypocrite. Soften your heart and stop treasuring up God's wrath against yourself. Take care of your own issues before you take care of somebody else's issues. Physician, heal yourself. You have a very, no, you have a very big problem and they have a very small problem. Um, take care of your own problem first. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, the plank in your eye is you know, 10 times as big as a problem as theirs. It's just more that you don't see your problem. Um, for what it is, and so it can be just as a, it can be a, a plank to somebody else, or it could be a, a speck to somebody else's view. Um, but yeah, I mean, don't be a, a blind person leading another blind person. So Jesus presents the solution very clearly in verse five. He says, you know, it's, he's saying really just first identify whatever sin is in your life. Um, so is there an area in your life that you are unrepentant, um, where you're constantly sinning and you know, pray that God would soften your heart in that area so that you could see the plank in your own eye. Stop acting self-righteous that you're better than somebody else um, and that you don't have sin in this area of your life. Stop justifying your sin um, and get, get rid of your pride and self-righteousness. The, the key is really to confess your sin in your life. And then Jesus says to remove it from your life. So take drastic measures. Um, in the previous chapters, Jesus talked about you know, cutting off your hand or plucking out your eye. Um, do whatever it takes to remove the sin from your life. Um, 
and then you will see clearly. And so the, the third um, thing is, once you've removed it from your eye, once you've gotten the sin out of your life and you can see clearly, then it's sort of a, a little gospel message, I guess, of then go and help others to do the same. Um, then you will be able to help others to remove the, um, the problem from their lives and they will be better off because of it. Um, and finally, in verse 6, we come to uh, this passage. It says, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in pieces. Um, the dogs back in the day were not as domesticated as we have them today. They were more running around, um, kind of wild animals. And the swine were, you know, pigs. They were unclean, you know, they're living in filth and mud pits, um, rolling around in their dirt. Um, these were considered unclean animals back in the day. Um, so if um, you touched one of these animals, you'd become un uh, ceremonially unclean. Um, Jesus is saying that, you know, we shouldn't um, throw our holy teachings to people who won't receive them. Um, he's saying that if, if you're trying to give the gospel to somebody and they're just going to turn and tear you in pieces, um, don't give it to them then. It makes an awkward, you know, okay, well, we don't want to share the gospel with the entire world, but um, if somebody's not going to have it, then Jesus is saying, you know, try, but if they're rejecting it, uh, move on. And it's a tough call to make because everybody needs the gospel, um, but only a few people are actually willing to listen to it. Um, you know, I had a, a patient just this last week. You know, he was saying, you know, God hates me. God doesn't exist, um, which is kind of a contradictory statement. But anyways, he um, doesn't believe in God uh, and he hates God um, for you know what God's done in his life, how he's so sick and um, this and that. And I was saying, well, no, God still loves you. And, and you know, I tried to encourage him, and he's like, nope, nope, nope. You know, and I tried again, and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't believe it. Um, I was like, okay, you know, I've tried, um, but. He was, you know, cursing at me and, you know, telling me to go away. He didn't want to hear it. So, you know, that's a, an example like, you know, don't, you know, you only have a few precious breaths on this earth. There's only so much time to preach the gospel. So spend your time wisely preaching to the people who will hear you. Um, so we've uh, learned many ways how we shouldn't judge, but... Uh, to conclude, I want to talk about the ways that we should judge people. Um, there's a few areas that are um, certainly okay to judge people. And, um, we talked about how you know, God is a righteous judge, how he judged in the past, how he judges presently, how he will in the future. We talked about how we shouldn't make any hasty judgments, how we shouldn't make anything that's untrue or superficial. Um, you know, we shouldn't be hypocrites. Um, if we're doing the same thing as other people, 
Um, first, remove the spec, uh, the plank from your own eye, and then um, you'll be able to help other people with that same area. But once you do that, once you're no longer a hypocrite, um, it's okay to judge people in a few areas. It's okay to judge um, against uh, sin. And an example is this um, in, in Mark. It talks about um, John the Baptist judging uh, Herod, saying it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Um, and therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him. Um, you know, John the Baptist is making this judgment like, this is clearly sin, you need to stop. Um, and John was right in that area. You know, he, um, Herod was, has his brother's wife. That's not, that's not right. Um, it's right to teach about sin. Um, and by teaching, that's making a judgment saying, this is right and this is wrong, you know, according to the Bible. Uh, in 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, uh, exhort, with all long-suffering and teaching. So clearly we can um, rebuke people for uh, areas of their life that um, have sin or are unrepentant, uh, and we can teach them the right way. Uh, we can confront other people who have errors in their thinking. If they have um, like a, a false doctrine that's been uh, laid up in their mind that, um, you know, that somebody's taught them the wrong thing and they, they're holding on to this, this false doctrine, we can confront errors and make a judgment about, no, this is the right, um, this is the truth of the Bible. Galatians uh, 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, uh, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, um, uh, considering yourself, lest uh, you also be tempted. It's, um, you know, if somebody's sinning, um, confront them. Um, but do it in a spirit of gentleness. There's also church discipline. Um, Jesus talks about in Matthew uh, 18. Um, he says, if a brother sins against you, make sure you have two or three witnesses. Um, when you go confront your brother and make a judgment, um, that's what church discipline is. It's judging, you know, this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing. Um, yeah, so it's making sure you, know, you have some witnesses, though. Um, don't just do it between you and another person, because then it's, then it's my, word, my word versus your word. Um, and then um, there's a certain manner in how you judge people that should be, uh, you should, there's a certain way you should approach it. Um, Jesus says to be merciful. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. You know, if you're, you can judge somebody, you know, if somebody is sinning, if somebody's caught um, as a thief, you can judge them and, you know, be very kind and gentle and merciful to them, and it'll help to correct their, their thinking and their error. But if you come around and you, you yell at them and point the finger and, you know, you kind of throw abuse at them, you know, they're not likely to, to really hear you. They're, they're going to get more angry. Um, 
Another area is to be humble when you're judging people. Uh, again, Titus 3.2 says, uh, Speak evil of no one, um, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Um, so, you know, consider yourself first. You know, if, is this an area that you're also struggling in? Um, you know, don't go in, you know, judging someone like all high and mighty, like a Pharisee and a hypocrite, uh, but be humble. Um, and with the Pharisee, again, you know, in Luke 18, it says the Pharisee versus the tax collector who were praying before God, you know, and the Pharisee goes, you know, God, I thank you that I'm not like this other men, um, you know, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector way over there. But, you know, I'm, I'm righteous, I'm good. Right, God? You know, and he's praying to himself. Um, he's not humble. Um, and, you know, God says that the tax collector who goes, God, be merciful to me, I'm a sinner. Um, he's the one who's justified and he's righteous. The tax collector who is humble. Um, so if you're ever judging somebody, make sure to be humble while doing it. And also be discerning. Um, Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge um, of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Um, not all areas of... Uh, Judging are easy. Um, there's uh, when I was at the Galilee program, they had some different scenarios of um, just difficult cases. Um, of okay, so there's a an error in the church. How do you correct it? Um, if you were, you know, pretend elder for the day, you know, if this if this happened to your church, what would you do? And they're all real life examples, and they were very difficult examples. Um, there's you have to be very sensitive with people you have to be very kind um, discerning you have to be asking you know, God how do I handle this um, how do I go about um, this situation and finally I think probably the most important one is to speak the truth in love um, as Ephesians 4 says uh, to speak the truth in love to people. Um, you know, people don't really want to hear um, you judging them, but at the end of the day, you know, if you do it in the right way, if you're humble about it, if you're discerning, um, if you're merciful in the way you do it, it really is love at the end of the day. Um, because if you see somebody who's sinning, if you see somebody who's in error, and you let them go their way for several years, um, and you don't judge them and correct them, that's not love. That's, um, that's complacency. That's um, ignoring the issue uh, in the room. If you do judge that person, uh, especially in love, um, then you'll correct them from that error and you'll fix the problem, hopefully. Um, so speaking the truth in love, I would say, would be the, the final uh, point to this.
So when you go out this week, be careful not to judge anybody unrighteously. Um, if you do have to judge somebody, make sure that you yourself aren't a hypocrite in that same area or other areas. Um, you know, make sure you take out the plank from your own eye before you take the speck out from somebody else's eye. Um, and when you do judge, speak the truth in love. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for this, this morning. Um, we thank you for this, uh, this passage. It's a tough passage on not judging people and when to judge people. Um, Lord, we, we pray that we will apply these, these simple truths in our, in our lives uh, through this next week and um, live differently as a result of it. Uh, we pray that your word would take effect in our lives. Um, in your name, amen.